the Red Diamond Warrior, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 45 of the Red Diamond Courier. I'm here with you, as always, your host, Bob Chichinsky, here with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24 How you doing this week, my dude? I'm doing pretty awesome. How are you? I'm doing pretty awesome as well, because we are recording just a day after the oh-so-crazy-awesome news of how the game we all love so much, Elder Scrolls Online, will be shaped for the next year, which is through the gates of Oblivion. And it's going to be freaking awesome. Oh my gosh. We have so much to talk about. So we do have a actual topic as well to talk about this week. We chose one that is very exciting to us and we really want to get out there and talk about. And one that is also we could detail and give you all about it and it won't take too long because we do have plenty of predictions to talk about as well we'll have a whole segment on that you guys uh will be on the same level as us where we're thinking how 2021 is gonna go after this episode so with that all being said there's of course some other news as well going on so dogged why don't you start it off, man? What's up with the news? All right. So, well, first off, you have the ongoing Adon event. And, you know, do you have what it takes? Well, we don't believe you, as in the Undaunted, which is a little flyer that you can see uh, outside at the uh, Impresario's like little box table thing, which is an interesting letter to read. And... I just kind of thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, that sounds like a uh, kind of, you know, cool thing. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just interesting. Then, you know, after you read that letter, you're like, well, I'm going to go prove you wrong. And then you go to talk to uh, Sarah La the Savage. And she what she tells you is, uh, we've gotten our share of lazy or incompetent recruits lately. I mean, who falls to the goblins in fund- fungal grotto? <laughs> And she doesn't actually have Savage in her name, but seriously, she should, because that's some uh, pretty deep, you know, cutting words right there. Like, although, but then again, who does fall to the Goblins and Fungal Grotto one? Like, you really shouldn't. And, uh, I mean, the only time that I've died in Fungal Grotto one on my 8,000 runs in the last week. <laughs> Is mainly I get to the first boss because I'm like, you know, tanking. But hey, I have aggro, so no one can complain. So yeah. I'll get to the boss and I I take aggro. And it's a little bit me, I guess, but it's a little bit the game. It's just like, it's like stuff is going on, I guess. And I, I hit my heel multiple times. like, And it's just, it just won't go off. Sometimes it's just like lagging. So I have to change up where I heal my rotation during that boss specifically to make sure that it gets off in time. If I have to cast my uh, Sigic skill to get 
minor force or whatever. If I don't and I already have that on, it still lasts her from the last rotation, then I can just go straight into what I'm trying to do after I taunt it. But that's just the you know inner workings of a mind that has run fi- fungal grotto one about like eight thousand times in the last week, as I said. So yeah, I've got another band. What? Uh, tonight I actually uh, failed pretty hard to fungal grotto myself, but that was <laughs> on my Xbox EU character, and I wasn't really paying attention because you know I just got scores and I was I wanted to get tickets for after reset, and I just ran in there and. It didn't end well because I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'm not going to queue up. I'm just going to walk in there, walk in there, my thing, have my bar. My bar was a little weird. I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, apparently I didn't notice, you know, my lack of CP or the fact that I didn't have Crescent Sweep. I had Nova. But yeah, I kind of <laughs> went in there, went through the first albums like, man, these are hitting pretty hard. Whatever. Killed the first boss. And then I went, I did like the big pull right after to like pull all the goblins. And like I died multiple times. Like, yeah, this this guy's not doing it because, uh, well, no CP, no actual set gear. And yeah, (laughs) didn't end well for me. So I actually queued up for random dungeon and did it that way. But there you go. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, sometimes you know you forget which you know Templar you play. It happens. I see you have another uh, fungal grotto experience here to share. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I think yesterday or two day two days ago, uh, my I had the fastest clear that I have ever had on the OG Xbox One, and I started with the load screen or starting from loading into the game. Uh, load screen to Glenumbra, load screen to Fungal Grotto, killing the two goblin bosses, and finally the last goblin boss. And finally the last boss was all in 8-ish minutes. And I started at 11.50, and it was 9-ish minutes before reset at that point, so I had a solid minute to spare. Hmm. Very nice. I mean... Especially for the load screens with Xbox, that's a that's a pretty nice time. Yeah, but that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I was I was lucky with the load load screens. Like they knew, like here you go, you know, have some PC level load screen. Not really, but they were still you know shorter. Yeah, I feel you. So. I know that we got some Gates of Oblivion stuff to get into. But why don't we drop some Cyrodiil scores on all these homies first? Because I know that uh, we both have plenty to say on all these uh, upcoming craziness. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So, as you all know, we love to bring you the Cyrodiil scores. For Greyhost, the most populated campaign every week. Honestly, I'd love to bring in the scores of every campaign every week, but I, I just don't want to give you guys that many numbers. But that would be a lot of numbers. It would, it really would be. It'd be like 20 minutes of the episode, just me giving Cyrodiil scores. But uh, I'll, I, I keep it to this one, and I, it's honestly 
still always one of my favorite times. Like, I love giving out the serial scores. I love seeing what factions are leading over every server, every platform. I need to get back up in there. I, I feel like I say that every week, but lately I've been feeling the PvP. Like, I want to go take some freaking keeps. So, I'm going to do it. And it's going to be cool. I've been hesitant because my PvP build, I just like can't i'm so finicky with it and i just like i'm new on pc like you know i haven't really gone in there so like i don't want to go in there like just like get thrown around because i'm like a 600 cp and my gear is not set so i need to get a solid build where i'm not just gonna go in there like and do nothing to i don't want to just go survive for a while i want to like push hard yeah yeah i I really play support only like almost all the games that I play. And it used to be, you know, very relaxed. Like I could like kind of just roam around, you know, support people, heal people, do damage. But now I really can't do that without joining a group. And it's like, I really don't want to join a group because then it's like, they're much more strict. I can't just go do what I want. I have to do what they want. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way too. Cause I'm like, they want me to stick with them. I'm like, I want to go do things. Like, yeah, I like yeah. to roam around. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that, I hope it inspired you guys. Go get in Sierra. Go try it out. Go have some fun. There's groups to get in, and man, like you go run with a, a big group and rip down some castle walls. Go in there, take you know, go take Alessia for the DC man. But before I go on another uh, PvP rant, let's get you guys some scores. So, for the PC Stadia NA side of things in Greyhost, we have the Evan Hart Pack leading at 67. Well, just around 68k, I guess, if we're rounding. And we got DC at 66k behind them. All Mary Dominion back at 64k. So, honestly, pretty close. Um, all separated in total by about 4,000, so really not that much at all. Um, it's coming down to it. It's uh, still got a, a little bit of a ways to go, but it's close, and that's what you like to see. Now, for the EU side of things, All Mary Dominion goes from uh, last to first, worst to first. All Mary Dominion is leading the EU with 64.5k. Then you've got the Ebonheart Pact looking at 63k. And the Daggerfall Covenant way back at 57k. So not as close over there, but All Mary Dominion goes from uh, last first. That's interesting. So that's how things are looking on PC Stadia. And Dog, what about on Xbox? All right. Well, on Xbox, we have AD in first with 24.2k. DC in second with 17.8k, NEP in last with 17k. And then for Xbox EU, we have AD with 18k and 47, and EP in second with 18k and 46, and then DC shortly behind them with 17.4k. So those campaigns are very close with 24 days left in the campaign. Yeah, pretty fresh campaigns over there. I mean, definitely uh, got some time left, so go help your guys' factions out. 
push for first place. Yep, EP is only one point behind DC. You're like 600 points behind, you know, easily be able to catch up. You can do that in a night. And then on the PS4 side of things, which also has 24 days left, we, as always, would like to thank our PlayStation correspondent, Lotus of Doom. He brings us the NA scores, where Daggerfall Covenant proudly leads with 16K, Evanheart Pack behind them at 15.7, and the All-Mary Dominion way back with 14.5. So... Definitely DC and EP running away with it over there. That's what we like to see. And for the EU side of things, we've got Evan Hartpack leading 19.5k. DC behind him in second, so it's flip-flopped, 19k. And All Mary Dominion still in last with 17k. So, yeah, All Mary Dominion is uh, worst in one and first on the other for PC. They're leading both on Xbox. And they're in last and both on PS4. So that's interesting, interesting thing that uh, the Dominion has going on right now throughout all the Syria. Yeah. Uh, you know, X or Xbox, uh, DC was leading, you know, PS4 in a last one too. So maybe it's such a little trend starting to go on. Yeah, actually, uh, I will proudly announce that Lotus did mention that uh we won last month on ps4 go dc nice i wonder how how high he broke because i think last time we reported they were like 91k a lot of points (laughs) yeah i remember like every time we hit that uh every time we hit that 100k in serial it's like oh yeah way to go everyone 100k is tough it's a good month and when you hit 100k So, with that, now we can wrap up the PvP talk for now, because, you know, hopefully 2021 will be bringing a lot of awesome PvP stuff, possibly. Who knows? Maybe because we might be talking a little bit about some parts of Cyrodiil, which may not be PvP-related at all. They may just be zones right button up against our pvp zone however there are some other things that i will mention uh, in my predictions later but dog how do you how do you want to start this man do you got like what was uh do you have just like news about gates of oblivion like anything i mean there's some stuff that we could talk about you know pretty much like what we already know for this little time period of uh Okay, well, before that, though, I will just drop it in here right now. So if you don't know what we're talking about, during the Video Game Awards, they revealed the awesome trailer, cinematic. Go look it up. You have to be living under a rock to not know what we're talking about by now. (laughs) But go check it out. The cinematic's awesome. We are going back to Oblivion. It's going to be awesome. and. I just want to let you all know now that they have announced their their global reveal where they reveal more details about the full year will be January 21st on the uh, Bethesda Twitch channel. 
unfortunately there's no awesome physical you know like everyone could go um thing this year it was in vegas last year as you all i'm sure remember and yeah i was there it was awesome but unfortunately you know because of the ongoing pandemic and everything nothing like that this year but it's gonna be awesome all the same it's gonna be a great reveal um you know I'm sure Rich will be there, Rich Lambert, creative director, maybe even Pete Hines. Maybe Rich will even be in pants again. Who knows? That's a, that's a big occasion. But anyways, before I start rambling, go make sure you check that out. January 21st, that is going to be the big, big day where we learn more and more. And they either prove all our predictions crazily wrong or possibly right. Who knows? So with that, dog, I will let you get into the stuff. All right. So we really don't know much about like, you know, Mayron Stagon or anything about that. But we do know a little bit from City of Ash 2. And we had a little adventure into the uh, Deadlands. And yeah, so it looks like that next year we we might be getting some cleansing and fire and you know who knows, we might find the golden flame and be cleansing it. Because that was something that was pretty insistent in City of Ash too. And how the golden flame would take us. So also, you know, this is another danger prince that wants to fly our skins as banners. So we're definitely talking about a quote unquote, you know, bad Daedra. But the most important thing is that there's going to be lots of new fire and burning puns. Which, you know, which means 2021 is going to be a pretty hot year uh, for ESO. Get it? It's fire, burning, it's hot. Oh, oh yeah. That, puns. <laughs> that, was, that was a hot pun right there on fire. <laughs> yeah. My puns are on fire today or tonight or, yeah. <laughs> So, I guess with that, let's get into a little bit of our predictions. I'll start it a little slow. There um, is all kinds of stuff, clearly. You hear Gates of Oblivion. You see the cinematic. It's got Mayroon's Dagon. It's got uh, what I believe is definitely like pretty much 100% at this point. Evelai Sharp Arrow from the Orsinium storyline. The Bosmer, who is there. She is freaking awesome. And uh, she's like got this book and, you know, goes into oblivion. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There is clearly a lot. And it's clearly dealing with the Oblivion Gates which is in the name, which is synonymous of Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. And when you think Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, there's even more and more stuff that comes to mind. But one of the main ones is Cyrodiil and that central, like, you know, part of Tamriel, which is freaking awesome. Not just because we love PvP, but. It's a very rich zone, and there's a lot going on there. And if you've never actually gone into Cyrodiil and like done any questing in there, 
is very possible. Go hit an empty server. Go, you know, do the questing in there and actually read through some of it. There's a lot of interesting uh, quests going on, especially in the time of a war. So, anyways, I don't think that they're going to be actually touching any of the PvP zone itself, Cyrodiil. But it's it is possible, and I think that that might be an interesting route for them to go down. And um, I think that it might, you know, they might have to figure out like how will that affect PvP. Maybe they make a just Cyrodiil that's not PvP. I'm not particularly for that myself, but I know people have always advocated for it. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different stuff. What do you think about that, dog? Do you think that they might touch any of the actual current Cyrodiil stuff and incorporate that in any way? I think uh, it'd be possible because you have Coral, right? And you also have that like, little weight on priority area. Yeah. And there really isn't much knowledge or war into that, that area. Like, there's a little lava burst from the soul burst that happened, but I don't know. But aside from that, like, there are still Flamer Chinooks, which, you know, theoretically could be because of, you know, just that lava. But I think they could easily kind of just go in there, retcon that whole, like, ordeal of it, and kind of add their own little story into it. Because let's be honest, like, the Overland map of Cyrodiil, it has, doesn't have a lot of story. And a lot of the story that you do get is just like how when Molog Balk, you know, struck down those dark anchors, it's ruined everything. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, I will say, as far as Coral goes, looking at the map of Oblivion, Coral right outside did have an Oblivion gate right outside of it. And, like, the majority bulk of Cyrodiil story in ESO that we currently have comes from the Imperial DLC, which pretty much just stayed inside of the Imperial City and its sewers. It didn't really go out too much, you know, beyond that. It was just the heart of the Cyrodiil. Whereas Cyrodiil is the heart of Tamriel, so I could see them maybe doing, like, a partial split like maybe like the zones will overlap so like you have like let's say clovia right like they might add like a clovia part of the section of the map that would be like your chapter dlc or you know that'd be your overland zone maybe it branches off into coral but it wouldn't you want to actually go into like cyrodiil and that side of coral you have like two different zones and instances yeah, so uh, as for, like, you know, outside of that, like, let's talk about the dungeons, right? I think, you know, the first DLC, which would be the dungeons, I think we might be able to see, like, returning characters like Lyris and Saisahan because I feel like that there's a reason why they put them in Markarth together. Now, I haven't actually done the Markarth story, but I think it'd be cool to kind of see them again, especially since we're probably going to be get Baron at some point, too. And that would be awesome. But we're also probably going to see our friends from uh, City of Ash 
uh, Gilrain and Finganian, which there's actually a little quote that Gilrain said at the end of City Bash 2. We were involved in the death of a Vulcan. This ordeal may not be over, Finn. So, I, I might assume that Mayrune Sagan is pretty pissed off at uh, us because, you know, we killed Vulcan Scoria. Yeah, I could definitely see Gilrain being in, uh, like, being a recurring character for the dungeons, especially the way they brought, like, uh, Daria back. And Selene. And Selene, yeah. I knew there was another one. And as we were saying with Deirdil and Coral, and if they're going to, like, you know, or P, even like the concept of PVE serial, or you know, one that runs adjacent to even the rest. But I mean, it's just like PVP, also, I think kind of needs a refresh a little bit, maybe. But, anyways, our good, good friend Grammaton Dryad brought this up to us. And he pointed out that Mayrin's Dagon is the one that, in the third area, eventually takes down the Battle Spire. Which, if you don't know what the Battle Spire is, or have never heard of it, you should go look it up. It was very intriguing. But it's pretty much a training ground of battle mages that lies past the realm of Nern, like in the realm of Oblivion almost. In a realm of Oblivion. Or something like that. I don't know. It's very vague. But regardless, he ends up capturing that and he may have always had his eye on it. Now, if you look up the one way to get to the Battle Spire, it's called the Weir Gate. Now, the Weir Gate is also an interesting concept because it travels you through planes of, I guess, reality or, I mean, I don't even know. But you start in Nern and you end at the Battle Spire. And if you go look at the lore about it, it specifically says that it's known existence was like its first ever known existence was in the year second era 582 and if you love a ESO as much as we do I don't need to tell you that that is our freaking year that is the year that we are literally living in in ESO that all the crazy stuff happens so yeah we've got that going for us and you know that it's there and it hasn't been touched. And I don't know, like, like he brought up these things and then, uh, there was another lore book. He brought up the gates of oblivion or the doors of oblivion. And it also had uh talk of the word gate and, uh, and Mayron's day on. And it's just, I don't know. There might be something there. Big, big full credit. Grammaton dryad, big genius and he dug it up so fast it was just like when mark hearth came out and everything 
Um, and I'm sure he would love to be here and tell you guys. It's been a while since he was on the show, but he has been really busy lately. So, but he has been getting a stream every now and again. So, speaking of Graham, if you guys ever want to go check out his stream and stuff, he would love uh, to see you go hang out with him and uh, talk ESO and Red Diamond Courier and all that good stuff. But that was what he, and you know, he's not like, oh this has to be the chapter or anything but he's like i feel like this could have something to do with it so if you take that and run with it like you know full sprint um if you do anything with the battle spire that could be so good for pvp that could be like full pvp like take out a chunk of pseudo for all i care like i i, I don't know like you know I don't know what it is like if you need to like even make like part of Cyrodiil just like not where you kill people like in Coral or like if you just I guess just give them a PvE one I don't know I don't know what the answer is there so that's why I'm kind of just like I don't even want to touch that the 10 foot pole (laughs) but I think that if you open up a whole new thing that has a whole like new PVP and like, if you just have an open like thing and people could go fight and like have different objectives, it just gives a little bit of fresh. But then again, the more you bring in, the more you hurt the old and like, you don't want to hurt serial population because it's already like, we wish we had more. So I don't know that is all um you know it's just stuff we're tossing out there and it's hard to see you know what could really be the key but you know if you throw enough stuff at the wall hopefully something will stick right so uh graham proposed all that stuff and that's kind of where my mind ran with it I was like, yeah, that's all interesting. That could go down a real crazy, you know, like road. Like that could be really uh, totally different. The potential for different is just totally awesome and crazy. And, you know, it's already Gates of Oblivion. So it's clearly going to be probably one of the most different uh, expansions that we've had yet. So, whew. Yeah, that was a load. But yeah, that was uh, what Graham. Grammaton Dryad, that's what he had been thinking. Shout out to him uh, for doing some really solid research on that. And man, if any of that comes to fruition, it is going to be freaking insane and so awesome. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, speaking of throwing something at the wall and just running with it, I have, you know, a few more crazy way out far left field ideas, but. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> you know, especially, you know, when my best friend, you know, in the whole, war- like, Tamriel universe after Tharn's involved, right? And I think, you know, it'd be kind of cool if he saw a cinematic for, like, whenever they decide Adam could be, like, Q3 or I guess it'd be for the fourth quarter for, like, the little small DLC zone. If they do, like, a Nibbane area. But that's me getting way far ahead of myself but <clears throat> i think it'd be kind of cool to see a cinematic of how tharn would theoretically live from the 
you know, elsewhere events, which I think it'd be cool if they use like the ending scenes of the elsewhere cinematic where like we see the uh, island fall and you all assume that Tharn's dead and we all look depressed. And then you have like a meanwhile or like moments before and it shows like one of two things, right? You know, Cadwell, his portal is taking the weird stuff. So it'd be cool if we like kind of see a more evolved of that. It's like Cadwell just like walks through a portal, you know, next thing you know, he's falling and you see his face like shocked, like, oh my gosh, I am falling. And then he quickly grabs Tharn and portals him to somewhere else. Wherever that is, we don't know. Probably somewhere with Varen. Or, you know, second idea is we see Varen open up a portal at the end of the fight, you know, kind of using his magic to help Tharn and open up a portal and get out of there. What do you think about those, you know, cinematic ideas, Bob? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, you and you and Abner, man, that's uh, that's a love affair right there. Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I definitely think it'd be cool to be like, you know, using the old content and like pushing out like, you know, more because that's kind of what they've been doing with like the old characters. But it's like you use like the old cinematic and you do something new with it. Right. And it's kind of like what, you know, the Avengers did when they went back in time. They like they use like the old stuff, but they also did more with it. They showed like you another perspective. It's definitely an interesting way of, you know, doing things and bringing people in and, you know, explaining things that were left unsaid, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, of course you have to like, you know, you have third quarter, right? That's filler dungeons, you know, something that will tie the story together. And maybe, you know, maybe we see Tharn and Varen searching for what happened to Clivia Tharn because we really don't know what happened to her, if she's alive, if she's dead. And I think one of the, you know, things would be like, one of the player would be like, well, but wait, didn't uh, Clivia Tharn turn into Molaikina? Which, you know, Tharn being, you know, Tharn, you just shake his head in disappointment and then starkly say utter fools and just th- that's it. And then we talk to Varen or whoever else we were with because Abner Tharn's just mad at us for saying that. I mean, I th- think... Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, I'll just, yeah, sure. All right, we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go with it. All right. Like I said, I'm right, yeah, dude, we'll, just, we'll go, go with it. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, I don't know where the fourth DLC is. It could be really anywhere, but if it is, you know, in the Nibane region, it could be in like that little Black Marshido region. But it really depends on just where they go. If they use Tharn, which. I realize that they probably might not use Tharn, and that's, I mean, it is what it is at that point, but if they do use Tharn, they're, they're uh, clearly setting up for us for something big with the five companions. Like, that's just, you know, it's it's all setting up for one big thing, and maybe, you know, at the epilogue here, Cyrodiil, or and all that, like, you know, it would be celebration, and then, like, we get one, you know, like, very heavily hint is that, like, Mana Marco is doing something crazy in the background, which, you know, Mana Marco, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much classic dogs, you know. 
crazy predictions, mainly involving the Tharn family, etc., etc. I said it seems legit to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds like something I would think. There is a lot of other awesome stuff though going on that hopefully we'll get to see some of. Like Jog was saying, over in the Nibine Bay, it would be beautiful to go see any of that. Braville, you got Lewin, and that is the border there against Black Marsh with Blackwood. And you could kind of get that, you know, as Dog, it was one of the first things he said is like, you kind of get that Black Marsh vibe from the cinematic. At first, I didn't. But the more I watch it, the more I'm like, ooh, you kind of do, honestly. So I could see maybe even like the chapter being over there, that big kind of southern chunk that hasn't really been touched in current Cyrodiil either. So, And if there was one more city that's not already in the main game that I would hope that we get, we'll be Skingred and some more of the Colovia side of things. But I understand. That, you know, I wanted White Run, and we never even got that in the year of Skyrim. So, I'm going to stop choosing particular cities to hang on to, because it just might never happen. What do you mean? Whatever that's going to come in, like, the year of Skyrim (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. The second year of Skyrim. Even better than the first. But yeah, there's a lot of places, and... If you guys have never played Oblivion, or like me, you played it and it was a long friggin' time ago, go look at the Cyrodiil map of ESO. Go look at all the keeps. Pull up an Oblivion map and compare. You have so many of the same things. Like, they've done so well. Like, it's really, like, Toadstool Hollows is there. Aleswell. I'm just reading, you know, things off the map. Breakneck Cave, Serpent Hollow Cave, uh, Fort Nickel, Fort Ash, <laughs> Fort Alessia, Bloodman Cave. Ooh, even Sejanus, Cracked Wood Cave. Yeah, all these things are there in Cyrodiil. And so. And so many more. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, I think that they're going to do a really, really good job in uh, keeping this true to as true as they can. So I'm excited for it. I could ramble all night, but I I honestly think I've said enough. Yeah, especially, you know, when it, you know, bashes, you know, my foreign ideas and Every Tharn's greatness. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, with that, you guys are about as caught up as we are on our thinkings and musings of the next year of Elder Scrolls Online, the Gates of Oblivion 2021. Get ready for it. If you guys have any thoughts on our ideas or anything you want to add to it, Come check us out on Twitter and let us know. Or also come join the Robots Radio Discord and you can hit us up there in the Red Diamond Courier channel. So, 
let's talk Elder Scrolls. Honestly, let's let's just all sleuth it out until we have the right answer before January twenty first, right? But with that, speaking of Robots Radio, we wanted to take this middle portion of our episode, as always, to remind you all about our awesome sponsors, Loot Crate and Gamefly, where if you check the show notes, you'll see links to both where you can get awesome discounts while getting us a little slice of the pie as well. Pretty cool. Mainly awesome discounts for you guys. You can get 15% off your first order of Loot Crate. They got all kinds of good stuff. I just got the uh, gaming Loot Crate last month. Had some a Graymore shirt that came. It was super awesome. It had some uh, cool Skyrim art in there. Uh, that was really cool. And the Elder Scrolls Online, like the Elder Scrolls specific crates have been really good too. So Christmas is coming up. Go check that out. Get 15% off. Also... If you sign up for one month at Gamefly at 10 bucks, you can get a free month on us. So you get two months for just 10 bucks. You could go get Cyberpunk. You could go get Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty. You could get games into next year with this deal. So go check it out. Well, the deal is there from us, from Robots Radio. Thank you guys for listening to the spiel, as always. And if you haven't, but I know you have because it's freaking awesome. Go check out robotsradio.net where you can find us and all kinds of other great shows like this one. Hey, Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside. All right, dog. So, we've uh, gone on a little bit, but, you know, we had a lot to talk about, man. Exciting freaking stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, exciting stuff that happened. I mean, I guess it's just the one, but it's big, right? You know, so much can come from that one thing. Whole year of events, actually, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. A whole freaking year of events. But outside of that, we do have something very awesome that just came out this year in our last DLC. The collections set system, the sticker book, as it is so lovingly called by so many. It's pretty much the best thing that's ever happened to Elder Scrolls in my eyes. It's maybe one of the best things that happened to any MMO ever in my eyes, honestly. But I probably haven't played enough to say that, to be fair. In fact, I could almost guarantee that I haven't played enough to say that. But it is a very revolutionary thing, and I know you all know what I'm talking about. It is the system that allows us to collect a piece of gear into our account collections and recreate it later, safely being able to discard it and not have to worry about it ever again, probably, unless, you know, here we are. 
boom, it's buffed. Everyone wants, you know, Mon the Infernal over everything else now. I'm like, oh, man. All right, now I got to go farm that. Because I had all of them. I deleted them because I was never going to use it. Because the Lambert's used to be better. But regardless, that's just how things happen. So now things are much better. You don't have to regrind anything because this set is there for you. You might just have to earn some transmutes. That's it. So, dogged, I feel like I've rambled for a bit. Why don't you give them some stuff about the one and only so amazing item set collection system? All right. Well, I think, you know, first off, like, it's uh, the way it's divided up is actually really nice. It breaks off into like each faction, so AD, DC, EP. And then splits off in like your DLC zones, dungeons, DLC dungeons, trials, arenas, PvP, and miscellaneous, which is like your random zones like Cold Harbor and Craglorn and all those starter zones that give you the trainee set in light, medium, and heavy. It's pretty weird. Wow. If you actually look at that, there's like a lot of stuff because, well, light, medium, and heavy and all those weapons. But it's also the antiquities is also in under that little category too. So, how many categories are there overall? Ten categories, if I count it correctly. That's pretty good, honestly. With that many sets, they really did have to be careful how they break it up and not just group too many together. And they did a good job. Yeah, the only ones that are crazy is like the dungeons. And DLC dungeons because there's a lot of dungeons. <laughs> I felt the PvP one was a bit much. Yeah, I think they probably should have added like a rewards to the worthy because I think there's some some of those sets you can only get from rewards to the worthy. And like, like a battlegrounds like and Cyrodiil, you know, or something like. Yeah, they have a battlegrounds category, a Cyrodiil category. Oh, okay, like okay. Imperial City subcategory. But I think they needed the. Uh, just kind of rewards that were the only. Yeah, that would make sense for sure. But I might be wrong. There might not be any actual uh, serial only sets, or not serial only, but rewards that were the only. I think there is, but I'm not entirely sure. Did you know that there's 41 sets in like the serial category? That's a lot of sets. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's a lot. I, like, if, if we didn't have this set up, I wouldn't even know that there's that many sets for Cyrodiil. Like, that's just <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's because they had, like, a bunch of Cyrodiil sets, and then they, like, introduced all those new ones, like, last year or the year before. But, yeah, that one, I feel, is the one where I'm, like, going through the Cyrodiil sets, I'm like, whoa, this is kind of, like, a lot, but... And then that, like you said, it seems regimented pretty well. Yeah, especially after opening, like, you know, hundreds of rewards that are worthy. Yeah. Like, whenever next Meteor Mayhem comes around, we'll be like, oh my gosh, there's so much to go through for PvP because we got a hundred and yeah, like a thousand rewards. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing that I could see that they could do better if the uh, kind of like DLC section that they could have done like the subcategory for like each year 
So they could have called like out the DLC even like uh Stone Thorn. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that kind of stuff. Just so that you do split them up, but it's not like this. I think maybe they might as it continues to get more diluted, but Yeah. I feel for now the the alphabetical I feel that worked. Yeah, it's it's good now, but eventually, you know. Yeah, I mean for a year. Yeah. (laughs) I mean I'd be thinking differently. So as we've been telling you guys, all these sets go into your collections and you can recreate them. You need to go to a transmute station to do this. And every set, well, mostly every set has multiple pieces. The sets that don't are the one pieces that are the mythic items that you get. Now, when you start out a set and you get a couple pieces, the more pieces you get, the less transmute stones it's going to cost you to recreate an item from that set. Now, you start at 75, and you end down at 25. Now, that's per one piece of gear. So, for example, I've been farming crazily a scathing mage. Now, when I first started farming it, I knew that I was going to get a lot of pieces, so there's no reason to, um, you know, use transmutes early. I could just wait, see what I get. Now... I've got so far that it only takes about 35 stones to do a transmute recreation of a piece. That is so good. 35 stones only that that's actually cheaper than transmuting the item in the first place. So if you do your dedicated farming, this system not only can be extremely beneficial in the fact that you could recreate a piece of gear that you had a long time ago it also is amazing it makes the transmutes cheaper now of course if you're going to transmute a gold item you might just want to stick with that because to recreate something you have to use mats if you're going to make it gold so you want to make a gold recreated item that's going to take you you know eight tempering alloy uh draw wax or rosin so you got to be a little bit careful when you're thinking about it and what you're trying to do. But for other stuff, when you're just trying to try out builds, etc., man, this is really a game changer. And one of my favorite parts, because when it came out, I was like, man, okay. I remember first reading about it, and they were like, you have to everything you bind on your character, every piece of gear that you get bounded or bounded that you find becomes you know a part of your collection system however somewhere along i either missed that or it changed because no matter what you do to a piece of gear it will become a part of your collection system i mean you can other than trading it away as long as it binds to you at some point so you can um deconstruct it You could put it in your bank and just, you know, if it's a dungeon thing, just leave it and it'll happen eventually. Um, But my favorite part about it is you could sell it to an NPC. The freaking Fazez or Newsy you have, just pull them out and sell, 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 sell. Uh, You will see 
things go into your collection system. Don't get scared if you sell something like, what the heck? It didn't do anything. Yeah, it's okay. It just has to go through the buyback period. So that is a great way. Just clear your inventory. Run dungeons like mad, clear it. I did finish one set that is multiple pieces. Although well, Dog promptly pointed out I had finished some of the Mythic sets. But my first full set that I finished is freaking Spider Cultist because I've been farming Fungal Grotto so much. And you guys don't know this, but man, when we were first learning to run dungeons and stuff, there was this one guy teaching us. Uh, his gamertag was... I mean, I guess when I say his gamertag. But regardless... He was helping us and teaching us, and he was like, this set is so trash, I hate it. I just remember, like, every time we got Spider Cultist, he's just so angry. And that is the one set that I finished first, so I just thought that's just, you know, funny little side note. But, yeah. I can now create pieces of that gear for 25 transmutes, because that's how cheap it gets. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, fitting that you get Spider Cultist first because you also share that hatred towards that set. And yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. As far as uh, sets for me, the only thing one that I've done is when you know the uh, few mythics that I have, but also uh, my false god on PC is pretty close because I uh, had to farm that and took me forever to get the last body piece that I needed. Got like almost everything else, but Xbox is a whole different story. It's like I have a lot of everything. But I don't, but like I probably say I have half about like well, mainly like the good Magicka sets, but yeah. So as far as, you know, full sets completes, I have like only monster sets, which is uh, Earth Gore, Symphony of Blaze and Falcon Scoria, which is fitting for you know the Deadlands and all that. So, if you guys listen to this episode, if nothing else, we would like you to at least walk away knowing that the collection system is one of the most awesome things of the game. Take advantage of it. Don't just be like, "Oh yeah, it's a cool thing." It's there. No, it is an amazing thing and is meant to be used and taken full advantage of. And, you know, I would recommend, like, think of it this way. You used to, like, go into a dungeon with a low-level tomb and be like, oh, well, there's no point. Any gear I get from here is a waste. Not anymore, because if you sell it to an NPC and get rid of it all, then it will everything you get goes into your item set collection. And one thing me and Dog were like, oh, you're gonna be able to craft gear at any level? No, unfortunately, you craft it at 160 when you recreate it. It's max level, period. Nothing else. Anything you also recreate, it's bound to you immediately. You cannot go recreate a bunch of things and then sell them. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like we've We've talked it up. It's not like I said, it's not the most complicated system. But there is stuff and a little bit of nuances, and we want to make sure we at least got through them. Yeah, so unfortunately, we can't go, you know, crash ourselves like good gear at like every five levels and go rule uh, Cyrodiil on the under 50 campaigns. 
which you know is pretty reasonable because let's say you do like a monster set or some of those the uh mythic items that that'd be ruthless in those under 50 campaign or in that under 50 campaign there's there's only one and yeah it'd be pretty ruthless if you could recreate those sets because i mean well a lot of the sets really good for like you know Cyrodiil but then like you apply those sets in like the under 50s wow that'd be a lot of damage (laughs) so the uh, second part that I kind of wanted to talk about was like just the uh, normal collections part of it which is like it has like everything else that isn't item set collections related and I think like like some of the things that I've kind of noticed is that the but one of the nicer things that I find is like the fragments, because whenever you look at it, you can always see a lot of times you'll be able to see like what is coming still or what or maybe what you're missing, depending on if you have or if you don't have some of the stuff. But a lot of times, like you might see like the next indirect, for example, back when that first came out, you'd be able to see like what the next indirect was if you're, you know, curious and. Yeah, as right now, you know, there's nothing. We don't really know what they're planning on doing, so who knows what that'll be. I think one of the more interesting things is that we have, like, mementos, and then we have a tools category, but the only tool we have is the antiquarian's eye. So right now we have a category for only one thing. Kind of interesting. What do you think, Bob? you think there's going to be any extra tools that go in that tools category? in you know future updates that is definitely ever since they added it i've always wondered you know like are we one day gonna see you know a full thing of like magical cool tools i mean the antiquarian's eye itself is such an amazing invention and Still, to this day, I recently helped out a Lorecast Guild member who did not even know like that thing existed. I mean, it doesn't directly tell you, but when it puts it under a tools category, it is like tools are meant for, you know, it propels like everything forward. You know, the use of tools is what first like, you know, propelled humankind forward. But regardless, anyways, beyond all that, you know, theoretical stuff i truly do hope that we do see all kinds of stuff you know spellcrafting man give me some spellcrafting tools all i'm saying yep as part of the uh, second year of skyrim even there you go (laughs) skyrim you too actually like you're like 15 by the time And then, like, if you uh, look at the mounts, like, I have a, on my uh, Xbox account, I, I have a lot of categories. But I think the one that really stands out is, like, the Servines category, which is literally only Indrix. Like, they could have named it something they go with, like, Indrix, when I said they're, like, Servines. Yeah. And pretty much only Indrix are a part of it. So, it's interesting. But I definitely like how they kind of like split up your mounts and non-combat pets to like maybe something that you're looking for. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely some good stuff they did in there. 
makes it a little bit different. Um, it may be a little different getting used to for people like me. Like, man, I could go through all this stuff. But I'm sure people just coming into the game, they love it. I'm sure you're like, oh, man, it's all organized and everything. As for the uh, armor styles, it uh, splits up in like your, uh, they have five categories. They have light, medium, heavy, the undaunted, which would be your undaunted masks or shoulders. It'd be like the various different styles they get from like stories, from events, and all that. Or uh, even the battleground rewards. So, yeah. They definitely have a decent way of how you, you know, split everything up. That's pretty good, man. Honestly, there's only so much to say, but it is an awesome system that definitely deserves to be detailed. I'm sure we'll be talking about it for years to come with how much of an influence it has on the game. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that, we are going to get out of your guys' hair up in here and let you dream of all the Mayroon's Dagon Sugar Plums and... uh, Gates of Oblivion, Reindeer, or whatever. I don't know. Some kind of holiday Christmas thing. Whatever. It's late. I'm tired. Anyways, you guys, hope you had a great time listening. Hope you were having fun doing all your kinds of predictions as well. And loving the collection set system yourself. Go grind it up. Go fill out that sticker book. It's awesome. And if you guys want to hit us up, talk to us, talk some predictions, some other scrolls. Dog, where can they find us? All right, you can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on our Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can also find us in our Xbox Guild of Heirs of the Red Diamond, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord, found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you can find links to our merch store which has all our awesome sponsors and the other links to all the cool things Dog has been talking about, plus links to uh, our music producer, Daniel Nisley, our merch store, links to go leave us reviews anywhere if you have uh, that time and opportunity to do so, plus if you have absolutely any ESO questions that the show has generated or that you just have in general, Maybe you heard us talk about some collection system and you want to think about some of the sets that come from it or you want to go look up uh, what the Golden has in store this week. Go check out ESO-Hub.com. Great site with all of the ESO knowledge you are looking for in one place. Now, Dogged, if they want to talk to you, where can the people find you? You can find me on Xbox or Twitter or SOPC, all of that dogbark24. And yeah, you can come play with me or I can, you know, uh, do dungeons with you or anything like that. And if you want to talk to me, it's going to be Bob Space Chachinsky on Xbox and Bob underscore Chachinsky on PC for ESO, Twitter, and Twitch. So come hang out, talk some other girls from Red Diamond Courier. Let's have a good time. For us this week, that's going to wrap it up. We hope you guys had a great week. Getting close to Christmas. Stay safe out there. Make sure you guys are having a good time and keeping the Christmas joy. I don't know. All that good stuff. We will see you next week. Talking about some more fun ESO stuff. 
and can't wait for it honestly we will catch you guys on the flip yep see ya peace you've been listening to a robots radio podcast smart shows for interesting people check out all the shows at robotsradio.net should introduce myself um I'm Corin Black, a humble half-demon, and folks around Baltimore call me the Devil's Runt. Here we go, finally moving again. How do you feel about methamphetamines? You know, Devil's blood don't make you a devil. Under the Shroud. Fantasy, noir, and horror from Baltimore's sin-soaked streets. Find creator Ian Humphrey on Twitter at FictionalIan.